I think a lot of this uh, is sort of uh, going around the question of how we create some kind of unified class, right? A class that is aware of itself and its own interests and is able to fight and, you know, doesn't do its fighting in fragments like we talked about before, I think, maybe on the stream about why, you know, these two big left populist movements, these two big class fragments came out in two different ways, like talking about the Bernie Sanders campaign and um, the George Floyd uprising. Like, why did they separate out like that? And, um, you know, there's a lot of different answers to this question. I think we talk a lot about the party as an articulator, as something that can kind of stitch together all of these struggles into one working class struggle. Um, and there's there's the idea, I don't know, like who's who's advancing this idea? Maybe like the post left soft trots or whatever. They we just have to ignore um, identity politics and just you know black and white unite and fight around a broad class program which you know as if that can't also be recuperated by capital um and and then there's the kind of uh intercommunalism which is like a term the black panthers use revolutionary intercommunalism as this way of sort of identifying oppressed people all, all over the world having stitching their struggles together and and sort of trying to build a universal from the particular like uh, my caucus emerge talks about a lot like um, we're not going to do that just by ignoring all the ways that the working class is fragmented right now we're going to do it by you know taking into account these particular struggles um, specifically you know black liberation which is um, in many ways I've come to believe the skeleton key to unwinding um, American capitalism as a route to liberation for all. So I'm not sure where you come down on this, but there are many, many, many different routes that people are trying to get there or theorizing to get there with the ultimate end goal, of course, being we need to destroy all of these categories. We need to destroy class. We need to destroy race and just all be you know, not to sound like a hippie, but <laughs> all the people together in the world, like cooperating. Yeah, there's an interesting line about Noah Nindyev's group, uh, uh, race traders, in, um, in the uh, Onward Barbarian article, that we have seen something like what they wanted, but not in the way they wanted. So they wanted us to do the whole, like, well, we must betray whiteness because whiteness is an instantiation of capital. But this is really so that the workers can all unite and get over, you know, get over this primary trauma. It's 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 it's, it's not the same as the post left. Let's just all unite. It does admit that, that the racial thing, racialized capital, is real. Um, but that's not what we've actually seen. Um, what we've seen is kind of coalitions of interest against an increasingly oppressive brutality. And one of the things I've thought a lot about this is like whiteness has become more important to a to a certain group of white people but for a lot of people it doesn't pay the same dividends anymore oh absolutely um, we talk about that a lot too actually <laughs> and the results yeah. of that which are sometimes good and sometimes very bad yeah well yeah i think that's why you see a lot more people who are who don't don't identify with like tacit whiteness even though they're clearly white but you also see a lot of people who like hold on to it for dear life um, because it's the only thing that they can really see as a unifier. It's like a dying and fracturing category. So some people grab that, grab hold of that tightly, and for other people, they just let it go. Yeah, especially mm -hmm. when you know you, it doesn't get you material benefits anymore. You still want to feel like right. you're uh, above somebody on the totem pole. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, 
I do some, there is an over, I think sometimes people overextend that about like, oh, why are Americans are this way? Because I'm like, oh, well, that, that dynamic exists everywhere in the world. Um, it, it's just not the same groups. But um, I, what I would say is I think there is a, a real truth that that, that precarization um, of a lot of the proletariat and a lot of the, quote, middle classes, unquote, um, will lead people to double down on race stuff. Um, and and for people in the majority, uh, you know, in the majority, uh, the majority is not even the right way to say it. In the in the um, socially benefited class, that's going to come out more reactionary than in, in certain other places. That does not mean that you won't have reactionary racialism from non from from non-white groups, but that's not going to be the primary driver. Um, at least in my opinion, I, I, I'm saying this like really authoritatively. Um, this stuff is where I'm actually the least sure of some of my analysis because racial 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 breakdown has been something that I've seen that I've watched and also watched things that were not cool to say become cool to say again on on the right. Like even Nazis in the aughts spoken code, mm. they don't anymore. Well, some um, of them do, <laughs> like the fucking what? Proud Boys. We're not racist. Well, yeah, yeah. We're Western chauvinists. But that that was sort of like the default thing. Like even like uh, people may remember like um, what is it? Uh, human biodiversity. Yep, I remember. Which is a racialist code. It's actually interesting because it didn't start out as a racialist code. It started out as like a pluralist anthropological thing in the '80s, and then racialists were able to like seize on it and use it. Well, this, you know, this adoption of left language to neutralize racialist ideas has, has become a lot less prevalent than it used to be. Um, at the same time, while these categories are literally more endangered because, you know, I mean, just simple demographic trends on this. There's not going to be a majority race in the United States, clearly, um, in probably 20 years. So demographic power from those kind of, uh, of notions is going to fade away. Does that mean white supremacy fades away? Actually, no. Brazil's a perfect example of that. But any number of things can happen right now. Um, and I think this is all under the, a pressure that we all kind of know that the clock is running out, both on our economic stuff and in, and in what the environment's going yeah. to look like. I'm not one of those people who thinks the apocalypse is coming necessarily, yeah. but, but it's bad. It's bad. Um, the, uh, we're going to see a great movement of peoples from from a lot of the the equator because it's going to be too hot to live there. And we've seen a little foretaste of that with the Syrian refugees, and then also uh, the movement towards the American border. We've seen what sort of uh, political tendencies arise when you have those movements of peoples, and they're only going to going to increase. The um, I just want to like as we kind of wind down a little bit. Uh, we have here, uh, we have these two things. We have this, this fracturing um, of, um, of identity groups on the one hand, uh, alongside this, um, we can call it the generalization of the proletarian condition, right? You have that. Mm -hmm. And then you have, of course, the, uh, the political economy of all of this. You have this deep, decadent crisis of capitalism that exists. And yet, Not it's, decadent like chocolate. No, decadent as a, as decadent like the uh, relations of production and the forces of production are uh, are in contradiction with one another. So you have these two things, and yet we seem to be constantly in this uh, in this interregnum, this time of monsters. Where and I think this is where the end notes piece is good, even though it doesn't propose anything. I think it does show that there are all these attempts to come up with a solution. 
You know, some of them are political, like Bernie Sanders or Jeremy Corbyn or Orban or Netanyahu. Right? They have these. There are these political solutions that arise to these within this fundamental crisis that are insufficient and kind of point towards the past, trying to resurrect something from the past. Yeah. Or you um, know, the center is trying that too right now. A hundred percent. Everybody's trying it. Is the point? Everybody's trying it. It's political. It's you see it in the DSA, and I'm not blaming them. You see it on the left in general. You see that there's like there's this. Time Time of monsters, right? That mm-hmm. that something has to happen, and we're waiting for it to happen, yeah. no. and it's not happening. When Joe Biden, and this is our fundamental problem. When Joe right Biden now. is trying like neo Keynesianism, you know something's gone very awry. The ruling class is scared to shit. Economy. The ruling class right. is scared as shit, and they don't have a solution either. So they're you faltering and running around and trying to figure something out. 